everybody and welcome to another brand new episode of T Watches a Scary Movie. My name is T and of course we're talking scary movies. I appreciate you tuning in for another brand new episode. New episodes are always up every Wednesday night, 8.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time on the YouTube page, which is youtube.com slash C slash Theron Reynolds Scary Movie. Again, that's youtube.com slash C slash Theron Reynolds Scary Movie. That's your best place to find the video version of this podcast. But I know some of y'all are listening to our audio-only version, and you can find those on Podbean and on Spotify just by searching T Watches a Scary Movie. And then, of course, we have other places where you can find info as well, too. Find me on Twitter, A-X-D-E-W, that's Axdo. You can follow me and uh, hear some of my crazy, crazy thoughts on horror movies and life and uh, wrestling. There's a lot of wrestling on there. And then uh, on Instagram, you can find me at Theron underscore Reynolds as well, too. That's where I post my uh, thirst trap photos promoting the show. So if you like seeing me look all uh, good looking and stuff, apparently, that's where you want to go. And then, of course, go to our Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash group slash T scary movie again that's facebook.com slash group slash T scary movie so what do we have to talk about this week we've spent uh the last few weeks here talking a lot about scream I did my recap of scream one through four making sure everybody could learn about the series and everything about that and then uh we went through and me and Mr. Eric Brady uh took four episodes talking about scream five and a very very spoiler heavy show for sure but one of the funnest episodes i've had the pleasure of doing on this show so far um and we had a little bit of a break for new stuff was coming out now i should mention next week i was going to be doing a review of orphan and the new prequel that's coming out orphan first kill but the release date has just been thrown out it was supposed to be coming out this coming friday uh the 28th but now it's tbd when the movie is actually going to be released i'm sure it is coming out this year but i think obviously with the pandemic and everything a lot of studios are rethinking when to release some of their bigger ones um scream surprisingly you know it made it, it, it's made a hundred million dollars it's going to keep on going up the few more weeks it has for it hits paramount plus but uh yeah, I think a lot of other studios are trying to like kind of like wait it out and see if numbers start getting better with the pandemic before they start putting a lot more riskier films out in the theaters. And Orphan did well enough to do uh, did well enough years years back with the first one. And I get it; uh, it's a known property, so it should be fine. But you want to play it safe, so I understand. So we're gonna replace next week's review of Orphan First Kill with the strangers so that's right next week we're going to take a look at some uh mid-2000s horror films in orphan and the strangers which works out perfectly because next month i'm going to be looking at the strangers prey at night and who knows maybe orphan first kill will be out around the same time we could theme those two together we'll see how that works out but uh in uh one of our chats recently for one of our watch parties it was brought to my attention that a number of people hadn't had the chance to see uh the meg and underwater two films that surprisingly share a lot in common both of these films are about uh gigantic creatures from uh the deeps the deep deep depths of the mariana trench uh attacking researchers and scientists and drillers and all those kind of people who are down there and so i figured you know what things are kind of chilly here in colorado right now let's warm things up and think about getting out there on the beach and uh getting killed by some monsters so tonight we are talking the meg and we are talking underwater 
Uh, and I'm stoked. I'm stoked because I enjoy both of these movies. I got to see them both in theaters. Um, and at least one of these movies was a fairly big surprise about how it turned out. So let's go ahead and get things started off with The Meg. Now, uh, I will say that the first time that I saw The Meg, because uh, I did get to see its actual uh, premiere and everything. Well, I say premiere. I got to see it opening night. I'm not that special now. Um, but like when I saw previews for it, uh, I figured, look, we're getting a few things in this here. We got Jason Statham, we got a prehistoric shark, and then a damn good chance that shark was going to catch a roundhouse because you're watching a Jason Statham movie. Somebody's catching a roundhouse in that film. Uh, but, man, uh, I was completely unaware that this was based on a novel. I had zero idea that the meg was actually based on a novel and actually a franchise that started back in 1997 uh by steve uh alton called meg a novel of deep terror now i didn't read the novel i haven't read any of those books so i'm not going to really go into that because that would just be wasting time at this point i don't really want to compare the two but i will say that me and two of my close friends ben and jeremy we're like look we're gonna go see it it's gonna be stupid and awesome but uh you know let's go and just have a drink uh and see what happens now so we went and we saw the meg and after about 20 25 minutes we realized we had no idea what we were getting ourselves into i think it's easy to look at the previews and look at jason statham and the fact that it's about this gigantic shark i think it's easy to think what kind of movie this is gonna be um you know a lot of shark movies in the last like 40 years uh, get labeled as Jaws ripoffs because Jaws is really the big one that kind of set the stage for shark movies in the modern era. But honestly, there aren't really a lot of shark movies that emulate Jaws. Jaws is very, very special all by itself, but um, it's one of the few movies that actually has like a credible and intelligent and interesting story to watch while we're seeing all the shark mayhem. It's not that other shark movies out there don't have that, but they're not as particularly deep as Jaws could be. So I was never really concerned about like the Meg matching up with Jaws on a quality level, but I wasn't expecting a kind of serious film to come out of it. The story for this is very simple. Jason Statham plays Jonas, uh, part of a deep sea rescue crew that's coming to uh, uh, coming to rescue a. Uh, rescue a crew from a, a nuclear vessel there in the Mariana Trench. And during this rescue, something has caused this uh, this nuclear sub to get severely damaged to the point to where it's about to implode. And Jonas is forced to leave his uh, the remainder of his crew, of his rescue team there on the sub while he saves the crew that he did rescue from the nuclear sub. Uh, and unfortunately, the time is cut down even more by something outside the sub apparently damaging it even more. Now, we then flash forward to a bit later. Jonas is a drunk living overseas, and his ex-wife and a team of other researchers have now been stuck in the same area beneath the Mariana Trench while investigating for this new company built by billionaire Rain, uh, Rain Wilson from The Office. You might recognize him now, also from Super, which is an amazing, amazing film. But... Uh, Jason Statham is recruited to rescue his ex-wife and team of researchers who are now being hunted by a giant megalodon, otherwise known as the Meg. And that's basically the premise of the movie. Jason Statham goes to rescue his ex-wife and the shark gets loose. And then it's up to this team of scientists to track down and ultimately kill this shark to save the world. So 
even with the premise like that again there's not much that you should be looking for in this film i feel they're like coming into it like for a first time viewer if you hear that premise then you really shouldn't think that you have to know too much else there to get what the movie is going for but the craziest thing about that though is that it really went from being like this mindless summer action flick to an actual like good horror franchise starter as well too um john turtletub who you might recognize from like national treasure for example is the director behind this film and that was another that should have been another clear indication because i didn't know that before i saw the film but that should have been another clear indication that this just wasn't going to be another like random gore fest about a shark eating a bunch of people and you do have to keep that in mind as you watch this movie because i think with a lot of other shark films we are expecting the same thing when it comes to deaths you know somebody ends up in a place they're not supposed to be they try to swim away from a shark they get knocked into a water whatever the case is and they you know they get away for a little bit but eventually the shark catches them bites a leg off bites an arm off and then kind of rips them in half that's most shark movies that we see and they all do a good job of it you know think deep blue sea think the shallows think open water whether you like those movies or not one thing that those movies don't skip on one thing that those movies you know don't do a bad job with is showing the thefts of people who get attacked by these sharks they're a more intimate setting but the meg doesn't really do that because the meg is this giant shark it could literally eat multiple people at once so you can't really do the whole intimate kill kind of thing this shark is big enough to destroy boats and submarines and, and and again as i mentioned eat tons of people at one time so an intimate death of one person isn't really going to do that much and john turtletub understands that because most of the chaos and carnage that we're seeing across the meg is this giant shark destroying submarines and destroying ships and killing multiple people uh, attacking beaches and things like that and that's a really good like it's really great to see that he understood what he was doing he understood the source material he understood the script because i think it would be far too easy to get yourself into a rabbit hole with a film like this and show oh man well this person that we've been following the entire movie that we've grown this connection to now they're being hunted by the shark oh no what's going to happen they're swimming away like it's not realistic it's not realistic at all and the movie even does a great job of addressing that you know this shark is fast this shark is big and you can't just be out there swimming along and expect that everything's gonna be okay now uh our group of scientists which includes uh mortal Kombat, jessica's uh, jessica mcnamee uh lee bingming ruby rose paige kennedy cliff curtis among others it's a really great tight-knit cast um, a lot of these guys you've seen in multiple other projects playing very, very different kind of roles. And I enjoyed the fact that everybody is kind of at the same level in this film. Like even Jason Statham, who's been uh, one of the biggest action heroes on screen for the past 20, uh, you know, 22, 23 years now. Um, he, he does great interaction with the rest of the cast. And there's a lot of really good connections and character development in this film. And that's another really good thing about it, in my opinion, is that. Uh, for example, Jason Statham's Jonas has a great relationship with his ex-wife. He also has this budding relationship building with Lee B. Bing's character as well, too. And that all seems completely believable. And Lee B. Bing Bing does a great job in the film, though, because she really is more of our lead most of the time than Jason Statham. 
She's the one that has the family, you know, the, the head of the research team is her father. She knows, you know, everything there is there uh, that there needs to be known about sharks and shark diving and shark cages and all that kind of stuff as well, too, that even though Jason Statham is our big action hero here and he's the most recognizable person in the film, she ends up really taking that job of the lead character throughout most of this film. It seems a lot like Big Trouble and Little China almost to where, like, yeah, Kurt Russell's the lead guy, but not really. Kurt Russell's more so the sidekick. Like, he's just the one leading the charge on a number of these things, but he's really the sidekick um, when you honestly stop and think about it. And... Again, like I mentioned that they do a really, really good job with character development. These are not intimate kills that we see on screen. So when other characters are affected by it, you know, it's kind of like, well, you, you kind of saw it through like uh, like through a lens, like you're a ways away from it there. So why would you necessarily be so effect, uh, affected by it? And I love the fact that out of all the characters and cast in it, Paige Kennedy, who a lot of you might recognize from like Weeds, I absolutely love him in Weeds, um, is the one giving out this emotional speech that starts off, uh, you know, very comedic, but then it actually ends up becoming something very more emotional and heartfelt because, you know, he talks about how he's losing his friends and like he's giving this kind of comedic speech that seems funny, but then you realize that like he doesn't know what to say, like he's literally just like looking for words at this point because multiple of his friends have been killed in the last couple of days here and he's having to absorb all of that all at once after just being attacked himself and uh great great script giving great moments and great uh great conversation pieces like that to a lot of characters even rain wilson's character who i don't want to really spoil a lot about it comes in playing the eccentric billionaire who's responsible for uh for funding all of this uh for funding this research station and the subs and everything that this team is utilizing and you keep kind of waiting for him to turn out to be this big asshole and sure he's daft and sure he's the guy that like has all this money so he's not doing a lot of this stuff but as we keep going further and further throughout the movie you find yourself being somewhat surprised as you know the emotional connection he's making to a lot of these characters and how much he really does care about what's happening and again it just it's it's a really great role for rain wilson uh uh to have because i think a lot of us you know we've seen him in other stuff especially if you're going to try to follow an actor from anything besides like their biggest role his being in the office and of course he's fantastic as dwight in the office but he's done such a good job in other roles and other films that he's had that getting him to see such a big role like this it fits so perfectly it fits so perfectly that you're really hoping throughout the film that there's not going to be this turn of him becoming the typical evil billionaire who you know screws everybody over so does it happen you're gonna have to watch to find that out there now i will say though that the third act of the film is where i think i had the most problems with it just because the first two uh two-thirds of the film really do center around just this group of researchers trying to stop this shark that they're kind of responsible for getting out in the first place and how they slowly keep losing more and more members of their team as they're trying to stop this shark from getting out into the world and doing more more and more damage like that intimate setting was really was really uh, more interesting because our characters really had to be concerned about each other and we knew that we were going to keep losing more of them but in the third act the danger then switches from our group of close-knit characters to a beach off of China to where the Meg has basically made its way over to and now our team is trying to follow the Meg to stop it for it that causes all this destruction and I get it I, I get it in theory I get what they're going for with it but the problem with it though is that none of these characters here on this China beach 
are uh, like we don't get really any introduction to them, which we shouldn't. They're just there to be random. But that means we also don't really care that much when they start getting killed. You know, showing a guy one of those giant inflatable balls on the water who's running and having a good time. Then the shark comes and it's chasing him down like that's funny. And I get the comedic effect of it. But again, I think the film played much better when we're just following that smaller group of characters and they're the only ones in danger. Now, with that said, um, the film is beautifully shot, especially if you're seeing it in 4K. It looks absolutely gorgeous. Um, the CGI in it is absolutely incredible as well, too. They really do bring to life um, the deepest parts of the ocean and all the mysterious things that might be lurking under there. Um, and they do make good use of the gore and the blood when it calls for it. Again, it's a PG-13 film. They're not trying to gross everybody out here. This is not like not supposed to be like these other shark films that we're used to seeing. So blood is not really uh, one of the main things in this movie, and that's okay. It doesn't need it at all. It's sold by the characters and by their tragedy and by their successes as well too honestly um there's a lot really to enjoy in this movie but again that third act just really really suffers behind it um what is good to know though is that the meg is in production of their sequel so actually this month they've started pre-production on the on the second meg film right now we know jason statham for sure is coming back ben wheatley is taking over directly uh directing duties um we don't know whether or not any of the other surviving cast members are coming back but i would hope that they do as while yeah i do want to see jason statham fight another giant shark or other creatures coming from the mariana trench at the same time what made it so fun was his interaction with the cast of characters around him so hopefully we get to see most of them come back for this follow-up film with that said though do understand that you are watching a pg-13 shark attack film um if you're if you come to this the right way you can find a lot of enjoyment in the meg but you do also have to be careful because if you start comparing it to films like deep blue sea or the shallows or open water or anything like that you might not get the same kind of movie that you're trying to get in the first place so keep that in mind with the meg but definitely check it out it's a fantastic film you can't go wrong with it and like I mentioned, I had no idea. Uh, I didn't understand that there was a connection here between the Meg and the second movie I'm going to talk about, Underwater. Now, Underwater, um, I remember seeing a few, pe uh, like a few previews here and there for it. I like Kristen Stewart. Uh, I think she's a fanta uh, fantastic actor. So um, this kind of movie was going to interest me to see it, uh, regardless of anything else that was coming out about it. There weren't that much in the way of spoilers going out in the trailer. So we knew, at least from the trailers for Underwater, that it revolved around a group of people who were underwater in some kind of research facility that are being attacked by monsters very very like sphere like honestly um which if you remember uh the late 90s film sphere uh based on a film by michael Crichton or based on a book by michael Crichton had dustin hoffman sharon stone samuel l jackson Lee schreiber uh great great film fantastic movie love the book as well too um and the trailer seemed very reminiscent of that now what is interesting though is that i always try to link movies together for no reason at all except they have a lot of similarities that could put them in the same universe and it's weird that the meg and underwater really do have a lot that could link them together because remember the meg is about uh like this billionaire like finances this big research station in the middle of the ocean at the mariana trench for all these researchers to do research in the mariana trench and because of that you know this giant shark gets out from it and who knows what other creatures are coming from under there and underwater 
this is about a company that has uh, built an underwater facility in the Mariana Trench that is drilling. They're looking for something. We don't find out a lot of that. Like they go over some of it like in the opening credits and then in the uh, post credits as well too. It's very Cloverfield-esque. But this company has set up this facility in the Mariana Trench. They're drilling. They're doing research and everything. And something has severely damaged their research facility that's causing this crew that's still left alive to have to abandon ship basically they have to find a way back to the service before they drown or they're killed by something else that's your story and it's literally one of those things where like is the meg what's happening on surface and at the same time underwater is what's happening under the surface like are these two movies in the same universe happening concurrently because no offense but they really really could be when you stop and think about it like the tones are completely different but outside of the tone there is a lot that to support that these two movies could end up in the same exact universe together i'm not crazy watch them both and let me know your thoughts on that but with underwater Kristen Stewart's Noah, uh, Noah. <laughs> Nora plays an engineer on this facility that's basically getting uh, the remaining survivors uh, that are trapped underwater to safety. Now, these survivors consist of uh, Vincent Castle from, uh, from Brotherhood of the Wolf is in the film uh, and derailed. He plays the captain of the research facility. Uh, Jessica Henwick from uh, Matrix, uh, uh, Matrix um, Resurrections and Iron Fist plays one of the crew members. T.J. Miller from Deadpool's in there as well, too. Uh, John Gallagher Jr. from uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane. So it's a really, really awesome cast that they have put together of people who have done kind of intimate projects before. T.J. Miller even kind of helps to sell the whole monster aspect because he comes from Cloverfield. Um, but it's a really, really good cast they put together that has uh, great interactions with each other as well, too. Like, throughout the film... You can see that Kristen Stewart's character is dealing with so many things. Like, she's absolutely terrified of dying and of all these things that are happening outside of this uh, research facility that she can't explain. But uh, she gives bits and pieces throughout the film where she's also dealing with this incredibly tough breakup. Uh, Vincent Castle's character, uh, who plays the captain, who's trying to take care of his entire team and get everybody to safety, but is also harboring a dark family secret as well, too, about a death in the family. Um, uh, uh, TJ Miller's character has this, uh, childhood fascination with this stuffed bunny rabbit. And it made me think on one of my recent rewatches of it is that, is this all some kind of allegory for like, uh, 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 what am I thinking for purgatory? Because it does seem interesting that one character is lamenting on more time with a former, in a former relationship. One character is lamenting the loss of a family member. Another character is holding on to like what you would call maybe a child childhood obsession as well too. So it's interesting that even though that's not what's happening in the film, considering where the film goes and the twist that shows up about these monsters that our cast and crew are encountering in underwater, there is a little bit of proof to kind of back the point that this could just be purgatory that all these characters are in. But I don't want to dive too deep down a rabbit hole. Again, you can watch it and kind of see if you're picking that up yourself. And I love that about this movie that it does spend the first half of it being your typical 
escape from disaster, right? It's your Poseidon adventure. It's your Titanic. It's whatever. Films like that, it's the abyss to where these people have to get out. And unfortunately, you know, we know in movies like where you're in space, where you're underwater, like you don't really have a lot of escaping that you can technically do. Like you have to kind of escape a very certain way or you're going to die. You know, there's no air. You can't just step outside and go. You can't just jump up and swim to the surface. You'll die that way too. Like, unfortunately you really 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 have to like build that suspense and terror for people that are trapped in these situations trying to escape and they do a great job in underwater with our crew coming from one catastrophe to another catastrophe and while they're trying to save themselves realizing that they have these opportunities in certain areas to save other people as well too so they're left with a lot of moral dilemmas throughout the first half of the film and then Right when we get to the halfway point there is when we start seeing the monsters and start finding out that all this death and destruction might not necessarily be mechanical errors and it might not necessarily be something wrong with the facility itself, that something outside is causing these problems. And it's pretty easy because the Meg came out years prior. It would be pretty easy to be like, oh man, it's a giant shark. It's coming to kill him and everything because they are in the Mariana Trench, which is where the Meg is set as well too and where the Meg came from. But underwater chooses to go a much much different route and when these monsters start showing up that attacks our crew uh the design of these monsters is very very reminiscent of uh, a fame author who you all would recognize the name the problem is if i say that name it pretty much will give you a very very big idea of where the film is going and a great reveal at the end which to a lot of a lot of fans that know this author it's pretty impressive to see it realized on screen in a live action serious film. So what I will say is that there is a very, very much purposeful design of these creatures, of these characters, of these monsters here um, that will make itself clear possibly before the end of the film. But by the time you hit the end of the film, it's a pretty, uh, it's pretty cemented what they're invoking, what they're kind of playing for here. And they do a great job with it. Um, the deaths in the movie all seem meaningful. Underwater is not a particularly long film by any means. Um, but we do get to know and connect with our characters so much in that short runtime that as they start taking them away one by one that not like it's heartbreaking or anything but you do feel a sense of loss as these characters start dying and not only that they all get some very very brutal deaths i don't think anybody that dies in this film gets anything kind of nice <laughs> happening to them which i get that's the way that like death and horror movies work but it goes more to my like purgatory point because you know the idea of purgatory is that you just relive the same thing over and over and over but one theory behind it as well too is that you're also being punished and it would make sense that if you're in purgatory that you die one of like the worst possible ways and if you go through and watch underwater it doesn't have a high body count but the folks that you do see die are dying pretty horrifically honestly so again it just supports my purgatory theory whether i'm right or wrong um beyond that though this is a uh, this is a dark movie that, unlike the Meg, doesn't necessarily leave you with this nice, warm feeling behind it. 
the sphere comparisons come in again at the end of uh, Underwater because in the credits where they're kind of like explaining some of the post-movie stuff, there's some very, very, uh, very big like reveals reminiscent of what happens at the end of sphere and even uh, a little bit like uh, a little bit with cloverfield as well too weirdly enough as well so it's just again evoking a lot of these same movies of the same same exact genre same type things like that now um but that's enough talking about it y'all gotta go check it out for yourself and see what you think about underwater so let me know in the comments you know if you've watched this before how you feel about it i know that it's not necessarily ranked high but i really do enjoy underwater it's a four star for me for sure it's one that i do watch typically every year like the meg it is also in my opinion a very beautiful film it's very dark and drab but it sells the atmosphere that our characters are actually in and uh, it's such a beautifully shot film that if you have a great tv a great projector get a nice dark room going you pick up so many amazing details with it so check it out it's a fantastic film that's underwater and with that that's all i have to say about the mariana trench tonight y'all uh get over to the facebook group where you can find out information on our watch party see what we're checking out tonight and come and watch a couple movies with us uh next week like i mentioned we're going to be talking orphan and we're going to be talking the strangers so we're going to uh review both of those and uh see what y'all think about the two of those but don't forget next week we're also getting back to a tv watch party i got a bunch of new stuff in there that y'all are definitely going to want to check out you do not want to miss it so get to the facebook group so you can find all that information again that's facebook.com slash group slash t scary movie and of course as always i appreciate y'all tuning in for another brand new episode we'll be back here next wednesday night 8 30 p.m mountain standard time i'm t we've been talking scary movies stay scared Thank <laughs> you.